real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It is a Monday here with Jimmy B and TC, 1700, the champ. Uh, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Coming up, Tom Kakert, uh, Hawkeye Report, will be our guest. Uh, we'll get into the Hawks' shutout win over the University of Maryland. Also, an incredibly wild weekend in the National Football League as well. Trent, how are you, pal? You know, Jim, I, I've been better. Uh, not okay. not the best weekend in the Condon household, and it's not what happened with the Bears, though that didn't exactly put me in a foul mood, but... As I told Ken a little bit earlier, plumbing issues in the house, Jim. Oh, man. It's, oh, it's no. never good when you walk downstairs after your shower, you're feeling clean, you're feeling good. And then you look up at your ceiling and you see a big old bubble laying down. That's what I walked into Saturday night. So not, not, the, not what you're hoping for on a Saturday evening is draining your ceiling and wondering what the hell's going on with your pipes. <laughs> Oh, man. Look, I, I've been there for some of those things. My only advice to you is, and I love two-story homes, I really do, is get a single-story house the <laughs> next time you decide to buy. All right. Then you don't, then you, then you don't run that risk of that happening. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. So it's certainly a, a disappointing uh, weekend overall with that going on, but sounds like things are okay. Uh, talked with the plumber a little bit ago, so... We're trending in a positive direction, Jimmy B. Good. Certainly, Good. we're heading in the right path. Well, speaking of heading in the right path, that is certainly this Iowa football team, Jim. And as you mentioned, we got Tom Caker coming up here in about 20 minutes or so. We'll get Tom's perspective on everything going on with the Hawkeyes. But as the day is unfolding, the, the reports of the win from the last couple of days, we talked about that a lot later in the week as it looked like, you know, this wasn't a, a five or seven day forecast as we were getting closer. We knew it was going to be windy inside of Kinnick Stadium. Now, I kept talking to you, and, and we just didn't know how the weather, how the wind was going to play with the new north end zone there in Kinnick Stadium. It was a huge impact, as we anticipated. I think even bigger than I thought it was going to be, Jim, the way that football game was played and the way we, we saw Iowa go out there and, and persevere and, and get the job done. It, to me, is feeling like Iowa football is trending now in a direction that is heading positive. And now as they sit here through over half the season now with the start that they have, the, the wins early on, now win number six of the season, they sit at 6-1. and one. You look at the times under Kirk Ferentz that Iowa has started 6-1. and one. Every single time they've been what I think you would consider historic seasons, seasons of memory, seasons that go down in the annals of great Iowa football seasons. And now what's in front of Iowa the next two weeks? Of course, Penn State. That, that has been a game that we have had circled all season long. That has been one that you looked at. All right, if Iowa is going to challenge in the Big Ten West, if Iowa is going to make an appearance of Indy, if Iowa is going to put together a really good year, they still can do it by losing to Penn State. That conversation now, I believe, has flipped. It has tilted in a different direction. This Penn State team had questions coming into the season, not just losing Saquon Barkley. And obviously, that was a huge loss. It goes without saying. Anytime you lose a guy that goes second in the NFL draft, you know it's going to be an impact. And they have nice running backs, but Saquon Barkley is just such a different level guy. And then you lose Deshaun Hamilton, 
And you lose a couple of guys on that defense. The whole front, the middle of the front, had to be replaced. And replace the linebackers. And that linebacker group for Penn State isn't very good. And now I'm left wondering, what's the more difficult game over the last two next two weeks? Is it Penn State 2.30 ESPN? Or is it another 2.30 game with Purdue? And as Purdue hit the skids early on, let one slip away against Northwestern, dumb personal foul late in that football game. Same thing against Missouri. The inexplicable loss in between with Eastern Michigan. 0-3, all right, year number one was fun. They got bull eligible. Brom, all right, it's a guy that has things heading in a positive direction, but still work to be done at Purdue. And since then, beating a good Boston College team, taking it to Nebraska, doing what you're supposed to do at Illinois, and, of course, what we saw on Saturday night against Ohio State. I believe you can make a very compelling argument that the more difficult of the next two games is Purdue, not Penn State. And even without what happened to Ohio State. That, unbelievable. Iowa football, the start has been unreal. The one against Wisconsin, I think, is still going to linger, still going to sit there. But go out against a team that was averaging 250 yards a game rushing in Maryland. And yes, you didn't have to worry about the pass like you normally would. But to go out with all the misdirection, guys in motion, zigzagging, two, three different options that you have to be to, it was a perfect game for Parker Hesse. And I know there's still a contingent of fans out there in the Hawkeye land that want to see a lot more A.J. Epinesa. You know, Parker Hesse, he's nice, but I think that showed you Saturday the way that he completely controlled the line of scrimmage. He didn't let them get outside. Funnel plays back inside, and on top of it, was still making plays. Now, there are only 39 plays to be had. 39 plays of offense is all we saw from the Maryland O on Saturday. But that shows you the importance of Parker Hesse, even with linebackers in and out, two freshman cornerbacks out there playing in Brentson Riley Moss. What they do up front can make such a big impact. And Maryland, they didn't look like they had a clue. And you go through and you look at the drives, awful. They were in two plays, two plays on Iowa's side of the 50. One play, a loss of one, the next one in interception. That was a dominating performance from Iowa. This is a special Iowa football team. This is an Iowa football team that has a chance to do a lot more than just win the Big Ten West. That's there for the taking. You have two teams that you're tied with right now in Northwestern and Purdue in the loss column, both with one losses. You get both of them. And I still believe the Badgers are going to be due for one, if not two more. It's in front of them. But it coupled with what we saw from Ohio State and the way Purdue dominated them in an uninterested Ohio State team. I had been warning people, anybody that would listen, I didn't like the way the Buckeyes were trending. And in fact, during the drive, when we were doing our picks, I gave it Purdue on the money line, and I hope you jumped aboard and got it like I did at plus 375. But that aside... This Iowa football team is trending to something special. The defense is outstanding. The offense can make plays. Don't read too much out of what you saw out of Nate Stanley. Now, is it going to bug him going forward? Maybe. But, Jim, I, I'm just left thinking Iowa football. It's a nice 6-1 and one start, but I think there's a whole lot more in front of them this season. Penn State, 
Purdue. Purdue is a more difficult game on paper right now. It's crazy to think, but that's where I'm at. Look, I'm, I, I'm riding that one with you. Purdue has come on like gangbusters. And, Trent, I went back and looked at their three losses. Purdue easily could be undefeated with the, with the, with the losses that they have had. Mm-hmm. And that just gives you an indication on how this Purdue team has been trending. And all of a sudden, they have hit their stride, hit their confidence, and after last night's blowout of Ohio State, which was reminiscent of last year of what Iowa did to the Buckeyes sure. as well, and I, 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 Iowa must definitely has to beat one of these two teams. One of them, if, if your philosophy is correct, where you think Whiskey is going to lose at least another game or possibly two, Iowa has to get a road victory either at Purdue or at Penn State. Now, now, you'd like to see them win both, obviously. But if they split, I still think then that they would have a chance to be the West representative that would head to Indianapolis. Do you agree with that or not? Well, and the other part here is that, you know, we've been looking at this just in the perspective of, well, if I was in a two-team tie with Wisconsin, they're screwed because it's only going to be two teams and they have the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Iowa does finish 7-2 and two, and Wisconsin finishes 7-2 and two, and Purdue finishes 7-2, and two, Iowa with the win against Purdue? If that's the case, then you get into round robin. And to be honest, Jimmy B., I don't know what the three-way tiebreaker is. Do you? <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't. I'll have to go look that one up. Right. I don't know if I don't know if they play rock paper scissors or how they uh, flip a coin. I I I don't know how they uh, how how they do that. Play cornhole for the win. Something they they got to come up with something if indeed that is the case. We will examine that, of course, as the uh, season continues. Well, I got it right but, here, Jimmy B. Are you ready? Oh, you do. You found it. Yeah. I'm All ready. right. If three or more teams are tied, this is how it'll be. Records of the three tied teams compared against each other. In that case, Iowa would be one and one, a win against Purdue, a loss against Wisconsin. Wisconsin would be one and one. Purdue would be one and one in the scenario we're laying out. Next, team's record within division. Iowa would have two losses. No, one loss in, in division because the loss to Penn State, if we're playing it that way. Purdue one loss, and Wisconsin one loss. All right, let's go to number three. The third tiebreaker after that. Compared against the next highest place teams in their division in order of finish. Oh, boy. Jim, I, I, I can't do this out of here. I'm going to have to read a lot more. I am struggling I deciphering what is happening here. I thought it would be pretty cut or dry. You know, who who's ranked highest in the college right. football playoff? Right? Something like that after you get past record against each other within division. It's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, we got homework now, Jimmy B. A lot of homework to do. I know you love that. <laughs> That's why I told you. I'd rather just go rock, paper, scissors and just let it go with that and, 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 and call out a winner. Look, uh, we can only kind of hope that it kind of gets down toward that, Trent, mm-hmm. because then those last couple of games will be so meaningful for those three teams. And you know I you know me I love chaos so I would I I'd be dialed in for something like that and having those pressure games uh to close out the season. Yeah, we know you love that stuff Jimmy B no doubt. All right. Before uh we hit our first break and we got Tom Caker waiting in the wings Jimmy B. Let's talk a little NFL here. What we saw yesterday 
I mentioned the frustration. Now it's two consecutive weeks. Winnable games for the Bears, but you're not beating the Patriots, giving up a punt block, taking a 17-7 lead early, giving up a kickoff return. You don't have to be perfect. You just can't be dumb. That was a dumb game again out of the Bears. You know, it's one of those things where they're getting there, Trent, mm-hmm. but they're not there yet. Right. Okay? Let's If they're driving from Des Moines to Davenport, they're about three-quarters of the way there. That's it. They haven't re- re- uh, found the destination yet. And they were close, but as you and I both know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It's an L in the, in the NFL. Look, I, I think the Bears are fun to watch again where they hadn't been. I think that they are an entertaining football team, which they had not been for several seasons. And I, I, I'm really starting to jump on the Trubisky bandwagon a little bit. I mean, that one touchdown run he had, it, it was like a 30-yard run, but he ran like 130 yards in order yeah. to make that scamper into the end zone. So they are growing on me. You know me. I'm not a real team guy. I like players. Trubisky's beginning to grow on me a lot more as a fledging NFL quarterback. Look, the quarterbacks that came out this past season, Mayfield, Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, those guys, I I find watching them very interesting. I really enjoyed the Cleveland-Tampa Bay game because Mayfield brought his team back Mm -hmm. in that game. Uh, That was fun to watch. But Mitchell Trubisky is a guy that people are going to start to take more notice of, and it's just because the Bears have improved that much more. They're not there yet, but they are driving the car, and the pedal is down. Saw the Chiefs another dominating performance, a game that you heard here on 1700 The Champ. They keep rolling on, Jimmy B. It's incredible what we've seen out of them. Vikings with a nice victory going out. First ever win at New York against the Jets. Kind of incredible. I know there hasn't been a ton of games, but but I thought that was certainly interesting. We got some more NFL talk coming on later on this hour. But coming up next, we got Tom Caker coming by. We'll talk a lot of Hawkeyes with him. Also some basketball Going to get his perspective. Luca Garza working his way back. In fact, he'll be going through practice today. We'll talk about that. Hawkeye Hawk, football and basketball talk next with Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report here on Jimmy B and TC. 1700 The Champ. With the all-new morning show on 1700 The Champ. Taz and the Moose. Every weekday morning from 5 to 8. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. 
We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. Hi, this is Baron Geiger, president of Caring Hands Food Pantry in Altoona, and we have some exciting news. This month, in partnership with DMARC, we launched Caring Hands Eastview at Eastview Community Center, located at 4101 East 42nd Street in Northeast Des Moines. Northeast Des Moines has been identified as a part of our community where food insecurity among families and children is significant. Can you help us make a difference and fight hunger in our city by donating or volunteering? To get involved, just contact Contact David Harper at Eastview Community Center at 515-809-2356. That's 515-809-2356. And as always, thank you for your support. A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems. The right door, the right way. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. On Friday, November the 2nd, the Autism Society of Iowa is holding its 30th annual Silent and Live auction to raise money for those affected by autism spectrum disorders in the state of Iowa. The event is held at the Sheraton Hotel on 1850th Street in West Des Moines. This annual event includes many wonderful items up for bid, including tickets to local events, autographed sport items, handmade quilts, and gift. Welcome back, everybody. We continue right here. 1700, the champ. It's always good when we get a chance to talk Hawkeye football. With Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report, he joins us right now. Tom, uh, good afternoon to you as always. Let's kind of pick your brain a little bit on your overview of what Iowa did at home at Kinnick uh, against a Maryland football team that really couldn't do anything right whatsoever because of Iowa's defense. Yeah, it was Iowa's defense was the story of the day after the offense being the story the previous two weeks. It was all defense, and, you know, talk about a perfect way to set things up. I mean, with the 40-mile-an-hour winds blowing, neither team could really pass the ball, and Maryland couldn't pass the ball to begin with, but Iowa's run defense was just on point the entire day. Um, Maryland ran 39 plays, and Iowa just, uh, I think maybe one of the, Underreported stories of the day was Iowa ran for 225. I mean, they they ran the ball really well, uh, and so you look at it from a larger perspective. You know, previous two games they throw for over 300, and and uh, when conditions dictated it, they could go out and run the football for 225 and walk out of there with a really comfortable 23 to zip win. Tom, you mentioned the run game and a concerted effort right away because of the weather that they were certainly going to run the football. We talked about the run blocking in the past. You guys at Rivals now have the pro football focus numbers. And and take us in a little bit deeper. What the change was, how they got the ground game going, and if that's signs of, of things to come here over the second half of the year running the football. You know what, what I've seen the last few weeks? It's 
and Trent, I'll be curious if you've noticed as well, a lot less stretch plays. It's mm. just been more ISO, more straight-ahead kind of yep. stuff. I mean, they'll run a little bit more with uh, of the, the stretch with Ivory Kelly Martin, but, you know, especially when Torn Young's in there, he's a straight-ahead guy, and they just, you know, it's straight on, ISO, let's go. Uh, and, and they've had success with both of them, but, you know, I think teams have just keyed in on that stretch play and, and kind of figured things out that they haven't run it quite as much and if they have it's a lot more outside stuff that that i've seen in the last couple weeks more than uh kind of the inside zone stuff tom cakert is our guest here on 1700 the champ jimmy b and tc tom you reference the uh winds gusting to 40 miles an hour uh just kind of uh let everybody know who were not at the game how really difficult it was to play in those conditions. Because I hear players say, well, I, I don't mind playing in rain or snow, but if the wind is howling, that's the worst. You know, the, the, the fun person to talk to about wind games is always the kicker because mm-hmm. it really impacts them just as much as anybody. And talking to Miguel Racinos after the game, it was like he was, uh, uh, I don't know, meteorologist is, probably the, the right occupation, but he was just talking about how he kept communicating with the coaches with the wind. I'm probably good from 40. I'm probably good here from 30, uh, just to kind of give them a picture of what he felt comfortable kicking with uh, against the wind. And it was, and it wasn't even, it was kind of a crossish wind at times too. So that made it even more difficult, especially from distance uh, to have, a good level of accuracy uh, on, on the kick, so it was. It, it really impacted the game. Uh, Iowa just didn't try and stretch the field uh, with or against the wind. Uh, Stanley said that the interception that he threw early in the game was uh, all due to wind. He said it just sailed on him, and that was pretty close. It wasn't a long throw at all, and it's, it's sailing on him from that distance that just kind of tells you that the impact the wind was having. You know, Tom, uh, you mentioned Nate Stanley and, and the early interception, just a bad throw under pressure and, and threw it and it floated on him and it was picked off from there. Do you think uh, that it really played with his mind that this was something that was always in the back? Because even when it felt like there were guys open, didn't look like Stanley was comfortable throwing the football. Absolutely. Uh, I, he wouldn't admit that, but, um, yeah, I think it, it kind of got in his head that, he didn't know how to throw the ball in the wind, and it was just, do I take a little bit off of it? Do I put a little more on it? Do I have to throw it higher? Do I have to throw it lower? Uh, he just never really got in a good rhythm after two straight weeks of absolutely being in rhythm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a challenge for him, for sure. Tom, I'm real curious now, and I'm sure that uh, once they got off the field into the locker room celebrating, <clears throat> and, and they should, uh, after they shut out a University of Maryland team, but now you have another opportunity. Failed on the opportunity at home against Wisconsin. A monster opportunity now on the road to really make a statement at Penn State. Where are you on this upcoming game? Yes, uh, this is uh, a big game for Iowa to kind of, and I think it's more of a big game from 
a more national perspective for Iowa because Penn State's a name brand. It's on their turf. Um, you know, it, really, the next two weeks. I mean, then you go to Purdue the next week, and right. we all saw what Purdue did. They, they Iowa, uh, Ohio State on their home turf, uh, you know, like the Hawkeyes did last year. It just embarrassed them. Uh, and so that's become a big game. Purdue's in the race and uh, for the Big Ten West, and you know, even taking that out further. I mean, the next three games determine if Iowa's going to play in Indianapolis this year. It really does. I mean, if they can, even if they get two out of three, I think they've got a shot at Indy. If they get three out of three, they're, they're going to Indianapolis. I don't think there's any question. Well, you mentioned uh, the race here in Iowa as it pertains. Now four teams with just one loss in the Big Ten West and Northwestern in the top spot at four and one. Badgers, Hawks, and Boilers all at three and one. How would you power rank them right now as the teams are currently constructed? Power rank one through four, those teams in the Big Ten West. I, I'd probably put Iowa one, um, probably Purdue two, but that's uh, they're one and one A in my book right now, just yeah. the way they're playing. Uh, Northwestern's probably three, and Wisconsin's probably four. Crazy. My, my own, I know it's crazy to think that mm-hmm. uh, about Wisconsin, but it's, it's hard to make a case that they're, they're number one or number two for sure just because they haven't played great football. Um, and, well, you just look back at that Iowa-Wisconsin game and yes. you don't want to play what might have been, but uh, you just kind of kick <laughs> yourself a little bit yeah. if you're, uh, you're a Hawkeye right now. Well, look, they they let it get away. It was there for the taking, and they uh, and they they couldn't make it happen. So it is what it is, and you just have to deal with that. But Tom, I'm with you on your ranking right now. I, I agree with you with the way that Iowa is currently playing defense. Uh, that defense will have to show up though uh, at Penn State. They will have to have. Uh, an excellent game defensively to keep the Hawks in it, particularly with what McSorley can do. Yeah, uh, he's he's a handful for sure. Um, you know, I I may throw out some 2009 Iowa Penn State uh, comparisons this week because you know, looking ahead at the weather forecast, it's supposed to rain, maybe snow a little bit mm-hmm. in Happy Valley on Saturday, and. I'll never forget that night in 2009. I mean, it, it was raining bucket that whole day pretty much leading up to that night game uh, against the Nittany Lions uh, in, in 2009. And uh, we know how that ended with, uh, with Iowa getting out of there with a win, Adrian Claiborne with a block punt. If Epinesa blocks a punt and returns it for a touchdown, then we know that they would side again. Hey, Epinesa had a sack late in the game. Uh, felt like maybe had one earlier in the game. What did you see in the pass that they called incomplete? And I'm sure AJ uh, would like to have that second sack on, on the resume. What did you see on that play? Yeah, just I don't know what what they were looking at. It well, it almost looked like a fumble to me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I don't know. They're uh, trying to figure out what officials call is is a, a loss cause at, at this point uh, 
in watching any football game at any level. Well, the good news is at least it's not the Pac-12. We don't have to deal about that, and not just officials, <laughs> but, but other people maybe with, with some influence on how the games go. Uh, uh, Tom, one more from me on football. We've got a couple basketball questions before we let you run. Sure. But I, I do want to get your thoughts. We talked about it a lot during the week, how the new end zone, how that was going to play. Wind was whipping around. It was changing all throughout the game. Going forward, can you take anything and read how wind is going to be impacted now inside of Kinnick? Or was it just because the gusts were so big, since it was whipping around, it's still difficult to gauge what the north end zone does on a windy day? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think the thing that I noticed, just because I kind of walked around a little bit before the game, and through the entrances at the top of, you know, where you walk out and your seats in Kinnick, that's where the wind was coming through, so it takes different directions, so it almost makes it like a swirling wind inside the stadium at times down on the field, and I think that's going to be maybe the big takeaway here is it just goes through these little spots, and it just kind of makes it swirl and inconsistent in terms of, well, it's really blowing hard at this point, but then it's not, and the other thing I took away was on some of those punts going towards the north end zone if you kick it high it just dies i mean it mm-hmm. it's it, it there's a point where it gets to that it just kind of just crashes and burns yeah. to the ground and we saw that on saturday all right tom time to go to the round ball because they're about ready to tip it off here pretty soon um i'm just curious your overall thoughts and then we'll kind of dive into some things uh, on what you know and what you look forward to for this Hawkeye basketball team. Well, I think the big news over the weekend that uh, Mark Emmert from the Register reported, he talked to uh, Luca Garza's dad, Frank, and got a clear medical mm-hmm. report. So today will be the first day that Luca can uh, be a participant in practice. So I think that's maybe the most significant development for Iowa is he's on schedule and you know, now he's got a couple weeks to really kind of round himself into shape, so I would expect he'll be back, you know, as a starter by the time the season starts. He might have a little bit of limited minutes early on as he gets his wind back and his conditioning, his legs, uh, back into uh, uh, kind of basketball mode. But uh, getting him back is, is, is a shot in the arm for Iowa. Um, I thought the uh, the – and I'm sure Trent saw this, Ken Palm rankings were pretty yes. interesting. Yes, yes. 35 is an at-large team. 35 is an at-large team. And that just kind of, that caught my eye because I was expecting to be 50 to 60 probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Somewhere around there. So 30, and and uh, Ken Palmeray's rankings are usually pretty good. It, it's a little sketchy early because he does a lot of, projection based on last season but that just tells me i think that he he's really valuing the efficiency of the offense and thinks that the defensive collapse was more of an anomaly than uh, a trend for iowa basketball and uh, his uh, adjusted defensive efficiency for iowa is at 81 if they're in the top 100 this is an ncaa tournament team and if they're at 81 maybe even more than that and uh speaking of well, a lot of people, I've already heard this, Tom. Oh, that's just all off of last year. You can't read too much into it. Nebraska went 13-5 last year, returns a lot this year. They're 38th. They're behind Iowa. So maybe it is time to get uh, – I'm going to get mad again. What do you say, Tom? 
All right, let's let's uh, get on the uh, frandemonium as yes. taking place. It's, it's, <laughs> it's starting in Iowa City already. Uh, I really, I can't wait to see this team because I'm just so curious to see if they figured it out. Because if they if they have on the defensive end and they're in that top hundred, this is going to be a really fun basketball team this year and a fun basketball season for Iowa fans. Hey, one more thing, Tom. We'll let you go on this. Uh, the FBI investigation. We've heard all kinds of names. Obviously, Kansas in the mix there, but we also he heard DePaul. Uh, what I learned from this is DePaul is awful at cheating more than anything. But yeah. to take away from the local angle, we, we didn't hear Iowa brought up. We didn't hear anything there. What, what was your takeaway? I, I know you follow this and you follow recruiting, obviously, very closely. What did you take away? Um, that it just confirms everything that that everybody kind of suspected and knew kind of how it was done. But now we we really kind of got a, a window into the world of how the sausage is made. And we also learned that Adidas is really bad at this and Nike is really good at it. Yeah. Because they haven't got caught. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's just no logical explanation for, um, like, the Zion Williamson stuff that Zion's at Duke. He's, he's going to be... Probably the star of college basketball this year. I, I think he'll be a highlight film every night that Duke is playing. And, you know, he was getting all kinds of inducements from from uh, uh, Kansas and Adidas. They were an Adidas team. His, his stepdad ran the team. Um, you know, there were all kinds of inducements. And then he ends up at Duke, and you're telling me that there was no other – just wanted to play for Coach K. Right, right. Uh, come on. Uh, nobody believes that. And Mike Krzyzewski embarrassed himself by saying this is just a blip. I mean, come on. I mean, I like Coach K, but that's just, that's insane uh, to, to say. And, and it's just, uh, I'm glad some of this stuff's out there. My fear is that nothing is going to happen. That's mm-hmm. just, my, that, you know, there's plenty of evidence there. Uh, to suggest that Bill Self knew what was going on. Do you think Bill's going to get in any trouble, get suspended, get anything? Nope. nope. Nothing's going to happen to Kansas. Uh, Nothing's going to happen to Sean Miller. Nothing's going to happen to any of these guys. You can tell by what the coaches have said that this is a nothing to to see here. Let's move around, uh, move along. It's it's like... uh, they're trying to do the Jedi mind trick from Star Wars. These aren't the droids you're looking for kind of moment. And that's kind of what they're doing here. They just, they're just they just trying to trick us all into thinking that nothing's going on here. Well said. Thank you, Tom Caker. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Joining us here on Jimmy B and TC. Due for a quick break, we're going to come back on the other side. Jimmy B, you ready to take another trip to the Condon Casino? Got a couple things I got to throw your way. You know, you know me, Trent. I am always ready to win money. You're a VIP at the Kinda Casino. We'll talk about the hot streak for Jimmy B next as we continue on. Jimmy B and TC with you until two o'clock on seventeen hundred. The champ, and we are back with you one final time. Trent Con and Jim Brinson is Jimmy B and TC on seventeen hundred. The champ again. Thank you to Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report for joining us. Lots of good stuff on Hawkeye football. And basketball, if you missed that, or any of our podcasts, you can always go back on the podcast page, find them, and uh, find those at 1700thechamp.com. All right, Jim, before we get out of here today, 
ready to take a trip to the Kana Casino, and you're just making money hand over fist. Are you 14-1 and one over the last three weeks, Jim Brinson, two 5-0s and, and a 4-1? Are you actually making money while you're doing this, or not so much? No, you know me, Trent. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty careful with my uh, expenditures. Care, careful, you know care, careful. That's what you call it. <laughs> Cheap. Cheap's the word you're looking for, Brinson. <laughs> okay, that's enough conversation about that. Let's go to the Condon Casino. All right. Well, a couple of things as Jimmy B just continues to be absolutely on fire. First, uh, I want to get your perspective on this. I personally, I make my own numbers. And uh, it's kind of a couple of dis- different systems that I look at. When I put together the Iowa-Penn State game, what am I set of numbers? In fact, had Penn State favored, had Iowa favored over them on a neutral field? Now, we know the point spread opened up 6, 6.5, depending on where you're shopping at, Jimmy B. I was surprised. I thought this would be more in that 3, 3.5, 4 point range. How surprised were you with Iowa-Penn State in the opening line? I, I was very surprised. I thought it was going to be uh, in that range as well, Trent. Uh, that tells me that Vegas apparently is still not sold on Iowa, even though they have uh, that splendid record, the only loss to Wisconsin. I, I, I was a little taken back by that as well. I have a feeling, though, that there'll be so much action with people trying to grab that number early that it will get bet down to about three or four. Think so. You think that many people are going to jump aboard, huh? I think so, yeah. I, I think all you have to do is just go back and look at what the Hawks have accomplished just in their last three games. Now, granted, people will say, well, they weren't playing very good teams. No, they weren't, but they still pasted them. I mean, that's the key right there is that they didn't win a game 17-13 to 13 at Minnesota. They threw up 40 mm-hmm. when they went to Indiana. They did the same thing. And then they shut out a Maryland team that was coming off a win. So from that standpoint, I, I think that the so-called wise guys, uh, if they see that big a line, and if the weather is going to be iffy, just what Tom Caker uh, talked about when we talked to him a little bit ago, and he said possibility of rain or snow, yeah. well, that changes the whole dynamic of the game right there, which means that I would really favor Iowa's defense playing in adverse conditions. All right, the other line here locally, Iowa State hosting Texas Tech. Kind of that same range uh, you're seeing Five, five and a half, kind of that number. Not a field goal, not a touchdown, late in the middle, and then kind of see where the betting public goes in this one. About the right number. It's about where I had it early on in the week. Uh, initial blush look, Jimmy B. Cyclones laying five at home. I, I feel good about that right now. I, I feel good about that. Iowa State's defense is really turned it up a couple of notches. Um, Trent, I I just think that all of a sudden, and and I'm not going to put it all on Brock Purdy as as a freshman QB. The kid has played amazingly well Mm -hmm. since getting the opportunity to play. There's no question about that. But the and the offense has really come alive. But the key is the resurgence of a healthy David Montgomery. And as long as that dude is healthy, Iowa State's got a chance in any game because he can break one where it looks like he's going to be tackled for a two-yard loss. Next thing you know, it's a 35-yard touchdown run (laughs) with with that guy. 
And so I like Iowa State so far if that line stays in that area. If it starts to creep up a little bit, I may have to reassess that, but we'll do that at the end of the week. And, uh, in fact, it's going down a little bit. In fact, uh, seeing it right now, William Hill, Caesars, and Stratosphere already have it down to four as uh, it was at six a couple of places yesterday, and it keeps moving back the other way. So uh, you have to assume maybe some initial money coming in on Texas Tech on that one. We'll certainly Mm -hmm. keep an eye on that. All right, Jimmy B, tonight it's Monday Night Football. It's the Giants and Atlanta, two teams that are disappointing to say the least. The Giants one and five, Atlanta two and four. You got to play. I'll give you a hundred dollar free roll tonight. Who are you taking, Giants and Falcons? What's the uh, line on that game again? Atlanta favored by four is currently the number. Um, Atlanta by four. Still no no Devonte Freeman yet. The running back, he is still out. Mm-hmm. But Matty Ice has been putting up points at a amazing rate. I mean, there's no reason why they cannot cover that four tonight in Atlanta. It's a fast track. I think that Eli Manning's days have come and gone, to be honest with you. And I just think that at home and what I've seen out of that Atlanta offense when they are at home, They have lost games, but they have put a lot of points on the board, which means that their defense is really suspect. But it's Eli Manning who is struggling, and the Giants' offense in general is struggling. So I'm going to play Atlanta tonight, and I would give the four. Go with ATL and the four. I like the over in this game, 52-and-a-half is the number. I think we're going to see plenty of points. So that's the direction that I'm heading, but... Yeah, if I had to make a a side wager, I'd probably jump aboard with you. I think you're in the right spot in that one, Jimmy B. Uh, What more? Baseball. Of course, tomorrow is when we get to that with the World Series. Here's the series price for it, Jimmy B. Red Sox, a slight favorite. Minus 130 on the Red Sox, plus 110 on the Dodgers to win the whole thing. Where would you put your free roll on that one? Because I know you're not going to spend for it. Well, that is true. Uh, I would uh, I would take the role with the Dodgers. Look, the Red Sox didn't win, what, 109, 110 games just out of nowhere. And look what they did to the Yankees. Then look what they did to the defending champion, Houston Astros. So I, I, I know what the Dodgers have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have They have been put on the spot under huge pressure situations, much more than what the Red Sox have. And they have been able to take care of business, Trent, under those increased situations. Playing on the road at Milwaukee, lost the night before, and then come out and put a beat down on the Brewers on their home field in a packed house. So I, I think that I would I think that I would roll with the Dodgers. I, I believe to a man that the Red Sox are probably a better team overall. Sure. But I just think that the Dodgers are due. And with what they have overcome throughout the playoffs, where the Red Sox haven't had hardly any of that, any major, major situations where they have act absolutely positively had to perform to win, uh, I'm I'm going to take LA. I think it's a I think it's a six to seven game series. I really do. 
but I'll take the Dodgers. Well, and you'll actually get better prices. I look at the updated numbers. That was a line that I saw right uh, after the Dodgers clinched against Milwaukee. You're getting plus 135 now on the Dodgers, so you're getting even more value there. Red Sox, you're laying minus 165, so even more value there on the Dodgers, plus 135. And I might be heading that direction too, Jimmy B. I, I still got... Still got a little more than 24 hours before I have to officially decide. I think you're maybe talking me into the Dodgers, and you've been hot. <laughs> if you're going to take I somebody, Jimmy B, 14-1 against the spread over the last couple of weeks. Just un- unbelievable. With that, we are out of here for today. Coming up this afternoon from 4 until 6 on the drive, myself and Wolfgang, we're going to be talking some NFL with Tad Haslip. He'll be by Steve Batterson, more on the Hawkeyes with him, and Zach Reimer will be previewing the World Series, Dodgers, and Red Sox, all to come on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock on the drive. That does it for today's Jimmy B and TC. Back at it again tomorrow at 1. Thanks for listening on 1700 The Champ.